Section 10 of One by Crime. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 5, Part 2. That move was fatal. The next instant she had lost her footing and fallen into the dashing torrent. With a despairing shriek Manuel stopped, and, had not someone held him back, would have dashed in after his wife. Pantaleon, who saw a chance of saving her, quickly slipped over the side, caught her in his arms as she was about to sink, then bore her to land. Forgetful of all others, Manuel threw himself beside her still form, from which all life seemed to have fled, calling wildly on her name, pressing passionate kisses on her cold face, hoping by the warmth of his caresses to bring back the color to her cheeks. But it was useless. Leonor was dead, her head having struck against a rock, causing instant unconsciousness, from which they could not rouse her. When Tanza realized the awful truth, he rose to his feet, pale and haggard, his eyes full of despairing anguish. It is just. My sin is punished. My wife, the only thing I loved on earth, for whose sake I committed crime, is taken from me. She alone had power to make me happy. Without her I cannot live. It is time I confessed all, and you shall be my judges. It was I who caused the death of Louise Falcom, that I might win his betrothed, and when I heard that Denise Sampaio had discovered partly the truth, I had him thrown into prison on suspicion of having stolen the very poignard with which Louise had met his death, the one that I myself had placed in the assassin's hand. You all know how he escaped, but he is an exile for my fault. If ever you should see him, tell him his innocence is established, he can return to India in peace. You have heard my story, now judge me. And with his arms crossed over his breast, his head bowed in deepest grief and humility, he awaited his sentence. A dead hush fell over the group, broken only by the suppressed sobs of Savitre, who was crouching beside Leonor, and the pitiful moans of the little girl dying in one of the rough seaman's arms. At last Pantaleon, a look of compassion on his face, went towards his friend, and laying his head on Tanza's shoulder, said gently, My cousin, you have sinned, but God has sent your punishment. That is sufficient. Live to devote your life to bringing up the little motherless children left to you. Restore Sampaya to his own again, then try, by true repentance, to atone for the wrong you did him. Tanza raised his head and glanced gratefully at Pantaleon, but his eyes were full of firm resolution none could understand. "'You are good, but my life is worth nothing now she is gone. See, this poor babe will soon follow her mother. Garcia I leave to you. He is too young to realize his loss, but never let him know his father's sin,' he exclaimed hoarsely, and, after pressing his boy tightly to his breast, kissed the dying child, then softly lifting Leonor in his arms, he first pressed his lips reverently on her pale brow, and before any one could prevent him, or realize what he was about to do, he had sprang from the rock into the deep torrent, and disappeared with his precious burden from their view. A cry of horror burst from the lips of all present, and many efforts were made to try to find their bodies, but in vain. With saddened hearts the people turned away, and continued their journey, praying they might ere long find help and shelter. Before the day had closed, another soul had winged its flight to heaven, and the tiny waxen form of Leonor's baby girl left in its last resting place in the golden sand. 
a small wooden house surrounded by sweet-scented flowers of brightest hue, amongst which a beautiful, dark-eyed woman was softly gliding, culling large clusters of the delicate blossoms. As she stopped to gather a few rich carnations, singing in a low, musical voice, a man, young and handsome, slipped from beneath the pretty porch, and walking noiselessly behind her, suddenly lifted her in his strong arms, pressing the slight form tenderly to his breast. "'Take care, Denise,' she cried warningly, a ring of deepest joy thrilling her voice. "'You will spoil all my flowers. Except the fairest of all, yourself. Ah, Miriam, my darling, how happy we have been since that day when you so generously saved me from a felon's doom!' rapturously kissing the beautiful, dark face so near his own. Their bliss was broken by a crowd of brown-skinned people, moving toward the cottage, seemingly acting under some emotion. "'What has happened? What is it?' husband and wife cried simultaneously. "'We have seen a party of white men, doubtlessly shipwrecked on the coast, coming in this direction. They are even now in sight,' one man said quickly. Denise flushed, and his eyes grew bright with suppressed joy." "'Perhaps some of our countrymen, Miriam. Let us hasten forward to welcome them,' he cried eagerly, and leading his wife, while the crowd followed curiously behind, Sampaio hurried in the direction from whence the strangers were coming. It was not long before they met the tired crew, now dwindled to about twenty, many having perished on the way. As Denise stepped towards the first stranger, on whose arm leaned a young and beautiful woman, a low cry burst from his lips. "'Pantaleone!' he gasped. "'Is it really you?' "'What, Denise?' and the two friends, separated for so long a time, warmly clasped hands. "'But how comes it that you are like this?' Pantaleone briefly related their voyage from India, and the disastrous end. Tears shone in his eyes when he recounted the sad death of Leonor and her husband. "'Poor, poor girl! How sorry I am!' Denise said mournfully, while Miriam, scarcely able to repress her sobs, drew Leonor's orphan boy in her arms, and bore him to their pretty home. "'You are all welcome, all,' Sampaio said gently, turning to the haggard-looking seaman. "'Come.' A few days later a grand old ship, bound for Portugal, started from that coast, bearing the wrecked crew to their former destination. Among those on board were Denise and his wife, Feeney had long since joined his forefathers, who, now his innocence was made known, had no longer the fear of being imprisoned, and could return in safety to his native land. Pantaleone's father received Savitre with almost paternal love, and some months after their arrival, when the mourning for poor Leonor was lessened, the two faithful hearts became one. Little Garcia, Tonza's son, was tenderly nurtured in their tranquil home, and the aunt he loved so dearly became a second mother, replacing the one he had lost. No shadow of his father's sin darkened his young life. He lived unconscious of the sad fate of his mother, who, won by crime, by her death avenged Louise Falcom, for through her Manuel Tonza had atoned for all. The End End of Section 10 End of Won by Crime Read by Sibella Denton in Carrollton, Georgia, in October 2007.